Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Uh, Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland. And uh, we're going to have a conversation today because we believe that everyone has a story. And But before we get into that, uh, if you haven't joined us before, this is season four. We made it to four seasons. Four seasons. We are four seasons. Four long. seasons is like a, it's like a, it's like a really ritzy place. Yeah. So it's like a, you've arrived when you've gotten to four seasons and we have, this is the first episode. Do you know, I'm not sure who would cancel us though. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah, it's sure. Not like, it's not like there's a group of people out there who are thinking, well, this, we're going to cancel this program. This is the beauty of, uh, self-publishing. Yeah. Your like, own media. You can just do whatever you want. Just put it out there into the universe and whoever wants to watch it, and we thank the seven of you who have. Yeah, thank you uh, for making this show all that it is and could be. And uh, we're here to give you just the content that you really desire, uh, which we know is probably in the first part of our time when we talk about almost absolutely nothing, but also almost everything all at the same time. Tommy, today, aren't you going to share a little bit about uh, stupid sports that you... Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know. We're, we're Before we do that, can I just share? My, I was in Disney. I was at Epcot Please. Center. Yes, recently. congratulations. Is that your first time? First time at Epcot Center. Wow. It, actually, first time at any of the Disney parks in Orlando. Uh, I've decided that adult Disneyers are a little bit odd. <laughs> I, I'm. I don't yourself included or other no, people. Well, you know, Not like you. you go into if you go into the Disney parks, there are people there who like. There were a lot of people who had the little ratatouille rat. <laughs> and on their head. Okay. Yeah. They actually had, apparently there was a way that you could magnetize. The, there's a oh. magnet on the bottom and then he was magnetized on the bo- top. So you could put him on your shoulder. As sure. long as you put the, the opposite magnet underneath your shirt. Sure. Stick there. And so people were doing that on their hats. So you, some dude would be walking right in front of you and he had a big rat on his hat yeah. and his head. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I don't know. It's like a whole parallel world. Yeah. It's a bizarro world there. Yeah. Where people wear the little ears and yeah. they have Disney outfits. I saw a number of uh when I like young young women like in their 20s wearing Disney princess outfits. Yep. And I just don't get that. Yeah. Uh but it's hey, like one of those things, right? Where like they'll wear it there and well, maybe never again. They think that uh, that this is like a whole nother world, the whole the, the happiest place on earth, and they yeah. escape to this happiest place on earth. Yeah, it's like heaven. Yeah, if heaven had a lot of lines. Yeah, like if if, if heaven yeah. were you standing in a in a line. <laughs> yeah, that's Disney. And that's if heaven Disney. had like way more crying children, totally. and uh, you know, yeah. and uh, you had to pay a lot to get in there, and yeah. the whole time you're thinking yeah. to yourself, every, every I'll ride, never financially recover. From you're this. thinking to yourself, yeah. mm, was this worth five hundred dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that uh, the producer of this show, Wesley uh, Casford, is like one of the biggest Disney fans in the entire universe? And yeah. what you're saying, it he's is, a Star Wars guy, is devastating him right now. Are you getting devastated as an adult Disney or yourself? Did you wear the Ratatouille? Be honest. Uh, he oh. has ears, though. Do you have ears? You have ears. Yeah, you do. In his office. Yeah, he's got them. <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's fun. Yeah. Who did you go with? My wife and my daughter. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. And she could ride all the rides, right? So we got on one of the rides that was really, uh, like, scare. I guess, scary. I don't find it, didn't find it scary. 
is just, you know, vomit inducing. Oh, sure. And my do- my my wife and daughter decided that wasn't what they wanted to do the rest of the day. Yeah. And then it was at that point I thought to myself, okay, so we've paid all the money and now we're going to go and ride the little river boat rides. Yeah. So. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> they were great. They had a what good was time. the what my was daughter, the one you, you went do, on? You do for your kids, right? Yeah, you do anything course. for your kids. Of course you do. Yeah, I mean, you can't send them to college because you went there, but you, you'll do, you'll go for that momentary joy. Momentary joy, <laughs> where they they too can learn that heaven is standing in lines. Yes. Wow. My dad, seriously, halfway through one of the lines, my daughter turned to me and says, "This is awful. I don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> so, honey, I I I thought that way before I got here. Yeah. <laughs> But you know those lines can get long. They can. But long. we have good, good memories of the Disney now of the good. Epcot. How long did you guys go? Just one day. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I can't take more than that. So you did one day at Epcot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And did people you say, food, well, you can't you can't do Epcot in one day. You you have to be there for several days. And I've thought about being there for more than one day, and I've thought, no, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Never. No just, way. What about the food, though? Did you have the food? Did you taste the world? Isn't that that's the thing yeah. at Epcot? Yeah. There's some different food there. The problem is, if you've been to some of the places, it, it's kind of a cheap substitute of the food that you'd get in those places. Ah, uh, like, you're thinking, you've like been they had a, they had a poutine thing at the Canadian section, and, and I was like, that's not gonna pass. No, that doesn't pass the poutine test. No. Wow. No. Anyway. Anyway. Disney. You also. Yeah. We're going to share a little bit about your uh, uh, about some youth culture stuff. Sure, uh, this was your request. Yeah. Well, Tommy, you have a history in youth ministry, and I, I just want to know. We, some of us old people like me yeah. and others who are listening. I think it's I think it's fair to to share with the people too. Well, they're that, trying to want to connect. They want to understand yeah. their kids when their kids are talking. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I I the people need to know. I actually no longer do youth ministry at our church. Uh, you are now the campus pastor at our Crystal Lake location. Yes. And so you've been separated. That's from new. Yeah. It's actually what happened is you came to me and asked me, what are those things? And I said, I didn't know what the new terms were. And you're like, well, you're out then. And you're going to go, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what happened. That's the test. That's the test. You can be a youth pastor if you know what sus means. <laughs> yeah, sus. That's one of them. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go through a, a couple, you know, okay. what do you think? Um, oh, that would be fun. Do you know what cap means? So someone you're talking well, and I, gonna, I'd say cap, like you said all of that stuff about Disney. Yeah. It's, it doesn't mean we're done. It doesn't. Okay. No, now I'm out. Now I'm going to look at uh, the resident uh, youth guys in the room. Cap means false. You're lying. Yeah. I have no idea why that would mean that. Does anyone know why it means that? I don't know why it means. Uh, I don't know why anything means what it means. Kids someday was like. But okay. I can usually figure out what it means. Okay. So you know what sus means? Well, I know what sus means here. It means something different in other places. Here it means suspect. Yes. Right? Sus- That's like yeah. uh, in other places like the UK and New Zealand and Australia, to s- you, you sus stuff out. Oh, almost and like an investigate. Figure it out. You investigate yeah. oh, okay. it. Okay. Uh, and so when we suss it out, yeah. we'll go and pick the right way or whatever. I just went, I went into the house over there and I sussed it all out. It's yeah. going to be fine. Wow. Yeah. So when people here have said sus, I've always, my head's been like, wait, what? But yeah. Suspect. Yep. That's, that's it here. So what are some other uh, youth 
terms. Riz is a new one. Uh, yes. What does Riz mean? Riz is uh, is like, um, what's a good way to put that? Hollering at a girl, like uh, you, how good you are at talking Getting to- Getting the attention of a female. Of a female, yes. Oh. So like- uh, Is say, it a verb? <laughs> you you riz yeah how's your riz yeah oh, like you know sorry. are, are okay. you good at talking uh to a girl yeah that's a that's a new one what's another one goblin mode is wes's favorite it's like when you just go crazy on oh. like i'm gonna go goblin so, mode on this cake where i used to live that was going ham <laughs> going ham was yeah, that a thing yeah it's here? the same thing yeah now to, apparently to go it's, ham apparently it's goblin mode which i don't know why it's goblin mode okay is there another one? There's got to be more. No? No. They're checking their phones now because yeah, they're old now. Yeah, now they're, yeah, they're getting older too. Connected it happens kids. fast, guys. I'm telling you. I used to know all the lingo, and then it just all of a sudden goes away. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. So I don't know. Uh, those those are the ones that I, I, I think I know. Well, for the rest of you who've listened to this, you're now thankful that we've shared that. So when your kid starts asking you how good your riz is... <laughs> And uh, and then when you show them, they say your riz is sus. Yeah, it's sus. And then you right. say, and then you cap. say no. You, you say, say no, it's not. And they say cap. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you could say cap back, and then you're they're like, whoa, you're speaking my language, yeah. and and that just helps bring families together. <laughs> right. That's it really does. what and we're then doing. You can start saying everything's radical. That's rad. When bring I was back. a kid, when I was a, a child. We used to say radical. Yeah, we should bring it back. I mean, 90s style is now back in style. Wow. Which is All right. totally radical. You know what I mean? So anyway, speaking of radical, uh, we have a radical guest. Uh, his name. Oh, <laughs> yeah, see that? Segway. Cap. Um, we, have a, we have an amazing guest. It's Monet Vu, who is the student pastor at our Aurora campus. And you guys are going to have a conversation yeah. because everyone has a story and we're going to hear his rights now. So let's get into it. Let's go. So here I sit with Monet Vu. He is the student pastor at Aurora, at the Aurora campus mm -hmm. of Harvest Bible Chapel in the town of Aurora. In the town. Mm -hmm. You're not from Aurora, though. I'm not actually. Where um, where is where is home? Like if I if I ask you where where's your home? I would I would say Georgia, but I was originally born in California. So so I, why not California? I don't know. So I lived there for like eight years of my life. And so like the first eight years, mm -hmm. but your most m memory time or memorable time was mm -hmm. in Georgia, Atlanta or somewhere else? Yeah. So it's a, an hour north of Atlanta. So Winder, Georgia. Some okay. people say Winder, Georgia when they don't know the pronunciation, but how close is it to Marietta, Georgia? Ooh, probably an hour, hour okay. and two hours ish, oh, depending wow. on traffic. So was it part of the, would people call it part of the Atlanta like area? Uh, you know, I, I think so. I think so. Um, people who are from Atlanta right now are shaking their heads yeah, going, probably. what are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah. Winder's like for, 
country hicks and Atlanta's for the cool folk. Yes. That's why I feel uh, at home at Aurora, actually. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> so it's actually very familiar. You go like one mile this way, and it's just straight cornfields, and then you go the other way, and you're like, oh, the city's all right. You yeah. know, it's kind of developing. So yeah. it's uh, not too bad, not too shabby. Why did you move from California to Winder? So uh, what happens is uh, we weren't necessarily living in the greatest uh, part of town. And uh, my dad wanted to kind of get us away from the influences of the streets. And uh, at the time, I didn't really understand why. Where in California did you uh, live? Sacramento. Oh, yeah, yeah, so like inner city kind of type like schools and stuff. And uh, I didn't understand it at that time. Uh, but when we moved to Georgia, I was like, Dad, why did you move us away from family? This is kind of crazy. I don't know anybody. And that's actually when I started going to church mm. as well. Uh, so I was born in a non-Christian home. Um, I was practicing, well, the family was, uh, practicing like traditional, uh, kind of like religious things. So it was like shamanism and ancestral worship. And so when I started going to church, I was like, what did that look like? Uh, so like walk me through what, uh, a family who, who practices shamanism or traditional. Okay. So it would be kind of like a burning incense, um, to like ancestors, um, having them like watch over you kind of thing. And if somebody gets sick within the family, then, um, there's like witch doctors that kind of like come and they're like, okay, um, this is what it's going to require for like an offering, um, to them. And then the spirit will be like released and you'll get better within a couple of days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, growing up, that was normal and I didn't think much of it. So Kind of coming from that context to going to church, I was like, "Wow, this is very different." Very different. So, do you have a do you have a family uh, like brothers and sisters? Yes. Yeah, so, I have an older sister, mm-hmm. uh, and then I have a younger brother. So, I'm the middle child. Are you? Mm-hmm. So, how much older is your sister? So, my sister is about two years older, and then my brother is one year younger. So, we're pretty tight knit. Okay, you and your brother, I'm thinking, would have some fights. Uh, you know, for the, for the majority of our childhood, actually, we never really got into fights. I think there might have been like one or two, but okay. that's about it. Do you get along better with your brother than your sister? Not now, but like when you were growing up, did you get along better with your brother or your sister? Uh, I, for a little bit, my brother, and then it transitioned to like my sister, but now we're all like on equal pages. Okay. So. And did they live, where do they live? They live in Georgia. Okay. So this is a big... I mean, you, living in Chicagoland, which I'm going to ask you how it is that you got here it, it, in just a minute, but why did you start going to church when you go to, to Atlanta? Is it just because everybody in Winder goes to church? Because, you know, it's like that in the South. Lots mm-hmm. of people, you know, it's normal church going. Yeah, so my um, uncle from my mom's side, uh, he was, he was a pastor and they didn't have like a building at the time. So we did house church mm. and they were actually, uh, some of the families that we moved with from California to Georgia. Uh, and so we just kind of started going to church ever since to a house church, to a house church. Okay. Yeah. And there was not that many people there. No, it was, it, it was comprised of maybe like six or seven families. Okay. And, uh, it was very tight knit. So it was very fun. So very how old were you when you first started going? Eight years old. Did you like it at the very get-go, or was it? It was weird, uh, especially during prayer time, actually. Everybody would, like, close their eyes, and they would, like, talk to, like, their imaginary friend. And I'm like, what is going on? Uh, so that that was very weird uh, to me. And uh, singing all together, like, praise and worship songs, I'm like, I have no idea. Why did your parents go? 
Well, um, I think it was more so they were breaking off of kind of like in Asian cultures. If you like break off from the family, uh, then, you know, it's kind of like that can be seen as like a good or bad thing, but mostly probably in like a negative light of things. Um, and so I think my dad just kind of saw that it was kind of a, a better way. So he started taking us to church as soon as we moved um, and got settled in Georgia. That's okay. how we just kind of started going. What is your cultural heritage anyway? Um, so I'm Hmong. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've told me this before, but I'm just asking it out loud. So explain to people where the Hmong people are from historically. You're American in the mm-hmm. sense that you were born in the U.S. And so you're like everybody, a, a mutt like me. Right. I mean, basically, right. Right. That's right. What all of us are basically is people who moved from other places to the United States and then they had kids. And so we're the product of that. But your family, extended family is from what part of the world? OK, so so the Hmong people are actually a stateless nation kind of like people. So we don't actually have a um, nation of our own. Um, so. As history says, as it's been, history has been passed down orally through oral tradition for generations. It just kind of goes that we were inhabitants of China at one point, and then we just kind of kept getting, you know, um, in a sense, we kept losing wars, and we kind of just kept migrating south. So uh, as of now, the majority of the Hmong people actually live in, like, uh, southeast China, Laos, Mm. Thailand, uh, that kind of area. I think that's where I've met some Hmong people before. I've been to Thailand, and that's yes. where it's familiar to me. Um, so, you like, are you, is your family really tied to its cultural heritage? So, like, people like me, I, you know, so my cultural heritage is from England and some from France and stuff, but, you know, because my parents were born in the U.S. and stuff, the longer you lived here, the further away from kind of your heritage you, you got. So I have no interest in the royal family. Do you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Whereas other people, uh, you know, either their families came more recently or whatever. And so their cultural heritage is still really important to them, which I actually think I, I, I'm jealous of people like that because I, you know, it's one of the challenges of being an American is that you, you feel like you're not. I meet people who have these really rich cultural heritages that they still honor. I've worked with a bunch of Mennonite people up in Canada and it was like, that, it was cool. Oh, you guys have this kind of identity and stuff. Whereas I don't, I don't have a clue what that is. But anyway, is your family your family pretty tight re- regarding your cultural heritage? And yeah, um, my p- parents were actually immigrants, uh, so they were very tied to like the cultural thing. So I grew up. My first language was Hmong as well. So I'm like bilingual, uh, being able to speak. Do you like, get to use it quite a bit? I because you're married. You, you married. Uh, Hmong woman. Yes. And so as a result, mm-hmm. do you guys use it at home? Uh, so Kayla and I, only we... Only when you're mad? <laughs> uh, only when we're talking bad about people in front of their faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, especially at church. <laughs> especially at church. Um, but no, uh, it's kind of like uh, when we talk to, um, like, let's say, like an uncle or like a uh, grandma or grandpa that we just kind of like run across the street or if it's our own grandpa grandma we automatically transition uh to speaking Hmong just because that's out of like respect uh to them and um nowadays it's kind of like we're losing our our uh, yeah our language so the fact that you know we're able to do speak both Hmong and English and go into like you know the American culture and the Hmong culture uh they see that as like something that's so when you're with Hmong people do you think in Hmong 
This is one thing I've always wondered mm. about people who are bilingual or trilingual. When you're with those group of people, do you think in that language? Or do you still think in English? It, I, I think in English, personally. But sometimes if I'm talking, I, it comes out Hmong. So it's like, it works both ways. Okay. Give me your favorite Hmong phrase. Mm. Uh, Don't you dare say something horrible right now. Oh, that's a good one. I, I would have to think about that. I'm not sure if I have like a favorite. Come on, give me a scripture verse or something in Hmong. Give me give me a mm. favorite like famous saying or something like that that you would. Or I mean, I could say like, "Hi, my name is Monet." Okay, that sounds good. It's like, or "Hi, my name is Monet." Right. So it's like, "Nice." So, nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it. That's great. It's not a widely spoken language, though. Not too much. No, not too much. No. Uh, do you ever? Does your family ever go back to? Do you have, I'm assuming you have extended family in in Southeast Asia. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we do, but just yeah, I just distant. Yeah, very very distant. Fair so nice. I'm not too sure, too aware. So how many uh, of your parents, siblings, and stuff came over to the United States when they came? Was it just your fa- just your parents? So uh, it was. My dad had a couple, uh, a couple siblings that came over, uh, and then all, mo- my mom had a brother that came over with uh, grandma. Okay. So yeah, and then everything. I, I believe the rest were born here. So they they are all living still. The people, who came, the folks who came over, or is it just your family, your parents, and stuff who are alive? Uh, so um, yeah, everybody's alive. Every, the cousin, the uncles. You're and a young are man, alive. so like at my age, you have to ask people that question. And I just halfway through <laughs> it realized, ah, oh, he's like 12 years old. Seriously, it's and it, no. How old are you? 20. 28. Yeah. So you've your, it's great. Your parents <laughs> will be around forever. I promise. Um, the they live though in California. Did everybody move together to Georgia? Mm, so it was just my dad. So oh, my wow. dad and my mom. They were the only ones that. Dude, that's a huge mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I had an uncle here uh, in in Georgia, actually, and so that's where like usually we we we're tied with family. So yeah, um, my uncle was here, so my dad was like, okay, well, that's part. Of, that's there, what so. is that why they chose Georgia? Mm-hmm. Okay, give me the best thing about living in Georgia: the weather. I know it's well, dude. I've you, been to you, Georgia. If you've lived in the Midwest, I've I actually I've counted up the years and I've lived lived in the Midwest for about six years. Yeah, and I miss Georgia weather. So when you say that you miss Georgia winter weather, yeah, because <laughs> yes, I've been to I Georgia, Georgia in the weather. summer, and I got to tell you, man, it's hot, hot Atlanta. It it is hot, but like I don't I don't mind it. Okay, so I I definitely miss like the to weather. sweat then. Yeah, so so it's kind of like I tell Kayla all the time, my wife. I I'm like, man, I miss Georgia weather. Like, oh man, I miss Georgia weather. Okay. So it's because you know what? I didn't know what a coat was until I came up here six years ago. Yeah. So now you do. Oh, I sure do. Can't don't leave home without it. Yeah, there was a few years ago. I remember that Atlanta was in the news because they had like an ice storm or something. And yes, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm ta- people <laughs> who've lived in the northern part of anywhere, they're kind of watching these people slide all over. You're like, oh man, this mm-hmm. is really bad. I-, I was at college one time, and uh, the weather said it was going to flake or like start snowing. So as soon as I was like walking to my next class, saw a snowflake. I was like, nope, 
Time to bounce. <laughs> Everything's about to shut down. Shut down. And there's all like the bread, the eggs, the milk. They're yeah. gone. Run on the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. We're gonna die. Like Walmart. I'm talking about Walmart bread yeah. section. Gone. Yeah. Nothing's there. What's the worst thing about Georgia? Ooh. The Falcons. Oh, don't remind me. No. They're terrible. <laughs> you know, you know, okay. What, I, I 28 to 3. You know what? Oh. Anyway, the, what is, in your opinion, what is the worst thing about Georgia? Probably the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have too much that I don't like. Okay. If I were going to go to uh, Atlanta for a weekend, tell me what I, I should be doing. You know, so I was a, an hour away, never really got to the city, so sadly I wouldn't know. Okay, I if know. I got to the area that you were in, what is the thing I'd have to do? Dude, all, all we do is eat, man. So <laughs> it's like fried chicken, everything. Okay, man. best fried chicken. Ooh, I, I, I would say Zach, I, I would prefer Zaxby's. Okay, so I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna say that I think you're onto something. This okay. is something that people, Zaxby's is not, obviously it's not in Chicagoland. It should be. I don't know why it's not. Zaxby's is in the, it's actually in the, in, in the, I mean, if we had a list of the top chicken places, Zaxby's would be up there. Raisin Cane, Zaxby's, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I went to a place called Huey Magoo's, Huey Magoo's. which is amazing it was outstanding it's in the south but yeah we don't have zaxby's here i don't know why what mm. else there's uh, no other good chicken i that's the first one that's like unique yeah. to to kind of like the south kind of area um actually i was surprised when there was a chick-fil-a up here in chicago i thought i was gonna ha- They're eat everywhere. chick-fil-a for the last time in georgia <laughs> and then i came and there was one like a mile away and i was like praise the lord exactly well he went it he went there before you he did and he he he's now giving you chicken amen um so when you were in high school you did you do you remember when you came to faith in christ Yes. Um, so actually, I never really, uh, I didn't come to faith until the summer of eighth grade into ninth grade. Um, so when I was eight years old, never really understood the gospel, thought it was weird, went churched every Sunday, went to church and whatnot. Um, but it wasn't until I went to Standing Stones, a Bible camp that was with the uh, HBNA, so the Mong Baptist National Association. Um, that's where I gave my life to Christ, and I finally heard the gospel like tangibly at a Christian for camp. the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's when I heard the gospel and I accepted it uh, as Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then I went to high school like on fire for Jesus. All I could literally talk about was Jesus. Uh, and then the pressures of just kind of trying to fit in. Uh, kind of drew me away from church. So honestly, in my high school years, can't really remember too much of me going into like youth nights or church nights till after graduation. Uh, When I was 19, that's when I finally kind of came back to the Lord. And I was like, actually went back to the uh, same, same Bible camp. So, wow. And, uh, and that was the same. Wow. Why did you go back to the Bible camp? What led to that? um, So it was a a series of things. Uh, I was really into theater uh, and so that became like my whole identity in high school. And I wanted to make it big. I'm talking like I wanted to go to Hollywood or even Broadway. Uh, so I like loved that as but an actor, as an actor. Yeah. So like if, if 
I were to do something else now, uh, rather than, you know, being a youth yeah. pastor, I would love to be an actor. Uh, that would be like, yes. Okay. We're going to pause here and talk a little bit about okay. your acting. Mm-hmm. Did you, have you been in plays? Yeah. yeah okay. I have. Give me some plays and the parts you played in them. And if one of those plays is like, you know, I was sheep number three in the, <laughs> in the manger scene. Right. Oh man. <laughs> leave that out. But the other ones. Okay. Uh, so the first uh, play that I was in was the uh, Emperor's New Clothes. Oh yeah. So I played Sir Yes Sir. Okay. On that one. Um, and then the next one, uh, I believe it's called Speed Dating. And I paid, played John, which was a male lead. Uh, at that time, was that your first lead? That was my first like lead, and I was like, I didn't expect it. Um, and then afterwards, there was a musical. Uh, the musical was Guys and Dolls. Did and you sing? Eh, maybe, high school musical. Maybe. I mean, what I mean by that is not the High School Musical show. I mean mm-hmm. the, the high school musical worthy singing, meaning that mm-hmm. you were in the High School Musical. Yeah, so uh, I played Sky Masterson. Um, for that role Rise as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I, uh, oh man, it's, it's been a while. So I can't remember, but my last musical, uh, was anything goes and I was Eve- Evelyn Oakley, I believe. Mm. I can't remember. One. So yeah, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Loved it. Loved the stage. What did you like? About, I mean, I'm assuming you get really nervous. Were you really nervous at the beginning or did you kind of just take to it? You know, uh, it, it was always kind of like a, I grew up as like a shy kid. I, I can't believe where I'm at now. Never saw myself speaking in front of people. But I tried it uh, sophomore year and I just, this was, I literally remember myself like reading this and like going on stage doing rehearsals and I'm like, Ooh, this is I great. like this. Yeah, yeah so I, I kept up with it Okay, and um, I loved it. Just absolutely loved it. I do miss it. Yeah. Is that the last play that you were in then was in high school? Um, so actually, technically, no, that wasn't the last play that I was in. Uh, I did Wind Shaped Camps, which was a, uh, not sure if you know. I don't. But it's a, uh, a um, I, I was with the commu- for communities. That's what it was called. Wind Shaped Camp for Communities, where we actually traveled on uh we had like vans we packed like the moving trucks and we moved to 10 different locations 10 different weeks and uh, i was actually um uh a professional actor because you know i got paid for it so yeah i claim myself as a professional so what would you do when you get to these places so uh we like set up everything we would have um kind of like age groups kind of um um segments or just kind of like sections so like the ocean was for like it kind of goes by elevation level so the ocean was like the younger ones like first to second okay the safari uh third fourth alpine five six and then the galaxy was like yeah the oldest ones so yeah so we set that up we had like multiple um activities for them they would be in the word uh like two times a day go to team time or like small group time mm-hmm. two times a day uh and then within that they would see two productions of just kind of a worship message but also a play so i played the grandpa uh papa bernie so i played papa bernie and he acted more as like a um like kind of like a shepherding role uh and mm-hmm. that summer in 2018 i it, the uh, the theme verse was psalm 23 mm-hmm. so we focused on god being our shepherd and kind of 
Was this your first foray into ministry? Uh, no, no. Um, what was? Because you you were in college at that point, I'm assuming, or college age. I was. I was at college. Uh, it was uh, actually after Standing Stones, uh-huh. after I came back from, yeah. you know, just not going at all. Um, the Lord really stirred it in my heart and he was like, hey, this is what I want you to do. Huh. Uh, and I started serving in the ministry and I'm like, God, I don't know where you're leading me. Never thought I'd be, you know. Um, going to Bible college at all. I just wanted to serve the church locally uh, where I was placed at my home church and I thought I would serve there forever. Okay. And your home church was was still a house church or did you mm, so end we, up going to a different one? So we actually like combined with okay. a uh, local church. So that church was called Gang Chang Baptist Church. Okay. And so that's a Hmong church, a mono-ethnic church as well. And uh, Gang Chang uh, stands for heaven. So it was Heaven Baptist Church that I went to for like years. Okay. So that's still in your head, your home, your home church. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you oh. still connect with those folks there? Uh, from time to time. Okay. From time to time. I wish I can go back and visit for longer, but for some reason, whenever I'm in Georgia, I just have to leave on Saturday to get here on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, but I would love to visit soon. Yeah. That's great. So then you started doing this ministry as kind of traveling camp production and acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what school did you attend? What college? So, so I was actually at Moody Bible Institute. Were you? So this yeah. is how you ended up coming up here. So it was, so uh, wind shape camps was a summer thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, coming up to Moody was a completely different story on its own. Um, I wrestled with God for, for about a year two years. And I'm like, God, I really don't want to. I was actually going into uh, business with a minor in Spanish. And so I wanted to make it big. I was like, you know what? Acting? Ah, no. Business? Yes. Let me try to make some big bucks here. Mm -hmm. And uh, God really just knocked at my door um, with various amounts of just kind of confirmation from people around me as well as reading in scripture. And I'm like, God, if it's you, you're going to have to bring me through this because my parents were very strict. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't even dorm in Georgia. That's how like strict they were. Like the pastor's house was next door. Couldn't even sleep over at the pastor's house. So that was like just how strict my parents mm-hmm. were. Uh, and so I knew that like leaving uh, in the home culture was you only left when you married. Um, so it was like very countercultural just to kind of leave the home without being married and also just kind of like going out there on your own Mm. because I am like the oldest son. And so they kind of put a little bit more pressure on like the oldest son to, you know, take care of mom and dad whenever they get older. Right. But instead you felt like you were being called to go to Moody Bible. Mm -hmm. So did your parents take it okay when you ended up telling them that, or was it a bit of a challenge? (laughs) Oh, it was a challenge. Uh, Oh, it was a big challenge actually. Um, But I remember in scripture that, you know, God, Jesus says, if you love your mother, father more than me, you're not worthy of me. Mm. Um, it's um, found in Luke 9, too, as yeah. well. It was like, let, you know, Jesus, Jesus, let me bury my father first. I'm like, no, let the bury, let yeah. the dad bury the dead. And I'm like, all right, God, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave my family here. So I'm going to trust in you through this all. Yeah. So they didn't take it too well no. at all. If I went and asked them today how they feel about you and what you've done, what would they say? Uh, First and foremost, they would be like, wow, we're happy that you graduated. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, we're happy that you graduated. Um, as well as, you know, they, they saw me doing ministry. They saw me in the ministry. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and they would probably say they're very proud. Uh, just kind of like uh, who I was also the black sheep of the family. So um, they're, I'm pretty sure they're really I'm happy sure of are. where, you know, I was. And now here I am. So you were at Moody and you got your degree in? Pastoral studies. Okay. So you had a vision that you were going to work in the church in a pastoral capacity. Yes. That was your, your heart. That How was... in the world did you end up at Harvest Bible Chapel then? Oh, man. Ooh, I, I personally don't even know. It was just God's leading. And being... Were you going to church at when you were at Moody? Mm-hmm. And which church did you attend? Yeah, so um, I attended Moody Church. Yeah. Uh, it was a blessed time uh, there. I worked, uh, I, did, I volunteered uh, as a high school leader mm-hmm. as well. So had a phenomenal time at Moody Church. Got Kayla in, and while we were dating, she served there as well. As Kayla, uh, your, your now wife, mm-hmm. did you see her at Moody? Yes, we met at Moody. That would have been a bit of a surprise for you because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, well, maybe there's a large Hmong population at Moody, but I'm doubting it. Very little. I actually didn't expect to be hanging around Hmong people, but there were about like 10 of us. Okay. And uh, as, it's funny because the first time we saw each other, we were like, no. <laughs> you and her well more so her to me but yeah. i was just, we were just kind of like no it's no we're just gonna keep it at friends okay um then one thing led to another and then what do you uh, mean one thing led to another was uh, there just some moment uh beauty and the beast uh, right i haven't lo- you haven't looked that way before you know i i would probably attribute it to good friday um it, it's uh i was working at this cafeteria at that time Picked up a shift for a buddy, and she comes up, and she goes, uh, hey, what are you doing tonight? And at this time, you know, we didn't have Good Friday service. We didn't even know what Good Friday service mm-hmm. was um, coming from our church background. And so this was like a first for her. Uh, but she comes up to me while I'm working, and she goes, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, um, I don't know. Depends. She goes, depends on what? And I go, depends on where you're taking me. Oh, Nice. That's what I thought, yeah. but she gave me like the death glare, and it was just That's like some good riz. No, <laughs> well, I thought it was okay, but you know, she gave me like the death stare, and she just looked at me like blank face, and I go, "Oh, um, ooh, um, mayday, mayday, abort, abort, abort." So yeah. I'm like, "Uh, actually, I'm going to the Moody Church for Good Friday service." She goes, "Cool, let me come along." I'm like, "Okay, sure." So yeah, that's kind of how we. Kicked it off a little bit. Yeah. And you had a good time at the Good Friday service. Good Friday was a good Friday. Yeah. So. And so then uh, you guys started seeing each other. And for how long did you date? Uh, we dated for um, seven to eight months. Okay. Uh, and then and then we kind of just knew that. Did you ever find yourself at, at the Chicago Cathedral, our campus downtown? There's a park across the street. It's called Washington Park. <laughs> Which is oh, also conveniently known as uh, Moody Makeout <laughs> Park. Did you ever find yourself in there smooching away? No. Okay. No, actually. Well, good. All the spots were filled. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you went there and you were like, no, I'm mm. just kidding. No, but actually, no, we, uh, we never, act, no. So uh, eight months and then you asked her to marry you. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? I got down on one knee. Just on one day? Like, were you just in the cafeteria? 
Uh, no, it was, uh, we were doing a uh, conference, uh, a student-led conference in Kansas, and um, she's from Kansas, so I was like, this would be the perfect opportunity to to propose in front of all the people that she loves, so yeah. um, she, she wasn't expecting it. I, I was going to say, she didn't see it coming. I don't think so. Oh. And uh, yeah. Was there a little fear and trepidation in your heart about what might be the answer? Uh, I, I was pretty confident. Okay. You'd had talks a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, but man, it, I was nervous. I'm, I was a nervous wreck. Like I'm, it was. Just, I couldn't think straight. It was just blurry. Yeah. So you get down on one knee. Yep. And you mumble out the question. Was she? Uh, did she give you the blank stare she gave at the very beginning? Or <laughs> no, no, no. She said yes this time. That's so. Fantastic. And how long have you been married, Mike? Uh, almost uh, three years. Almost three years. That's so. Fantastic. Uh, May 9th would be our anniversary, but we got married in the very beginning months of COVID. <laughs> it was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, and then you got locked locked in together. Mm-hmm. So now you, you really love each other. You've seen, you're, you've seen each other at your worst. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to think of it as a um, prolonged honeymoon. Yeah. We literally only just saw each other for like the yeah. first eight months. Yeah. And how did you come to Harvest then? Mm, okay. Uh, so Kayla, um, she is doing her study at TEDS uh, right now. So she's a year. Um, uh, I graduated 2020. She graduated 2021. And then we were like, what do we do with our lives? And uh, she wanted to go to grad school. And she said, Trinity might be an option. And one way or the other, the Lord led her to Trinity. And I'm like, okay. All right. So I uh, was just kind of working uh, just to kind of like support her, just to kind of be like, hey, well, I'll look for ministry opportunities eventually. But right now, my biggest goal is just to, you know, help you and help provide and support you yeah. for now. Um, and so it came to a point where uh, I had various jobs. What? And, Give me a couple of jobs. Oh, uh, so I was working for a mortgage company uh, and then also like a uh, um, a uh, pet production kind of place. As well, projection, yeah, or or kind of like uh, they did uh, manufacturing like cages and like uh, things for the animals, uh, for customer service. Um, and so I thought these jobs were gonna go through, and somehow it just didn't. And I was like, Kayla, I'm looking at all these jobs, and I feel like this just isn't for me. And Kayla goes, You know what? You've told me you wanted to support me, but God God will support us, yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, thank the Lord, life is hard to find. (laughs) That's great. And uh, yeah, and then one thing led to another and we just, I just started kind of like applying. Uh, And then funny enough, you know, Harvest was actually the first church that gave me an interview with pastors and not recruiting um, agencies. And I I thought that was very telling of just kind of like the people uh, at Harvest. So I got to meet Tom, Pastor Tommy and Pastor John and interview with them for the first time. And I go, wow, they're they're pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then we just kind of stuck with it. We just kind of sought the Lord and we were like, God, do you want us here? And he opened up the door. And then you got COVID here. and you couldn't come for a while. I remember that when oh, I first got yeah, here. Wow. Cause you're, you've been at harvest about as long as I have. And I remember you, mm-hmm. them saying, Oh yeah, he's on his way. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, ooh, and then oh. you weren't there and you weren't there and you I weren't there. And I actually it. thought that you weren't real. For a while. I thought, this is just a game they're playing. 
No, it was tragic. I'm talking. <laughs> he's just a hallucination, a common hallucination in all their minds. Uh, you know what? I, I remember saying I'm real when yeah. I first kind of like met you. I was like, I'm real. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. You know. So did your wife have to commute all the way to Deerfield? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she commuted like two or three times a week. Oh, wow. And so sometimes she would go on Mondays, and Mondays I have off. I would like drive her there yeah. just to have a little bit take? of time. Uh, oh, it took like an hour. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Just quality time with her in the car. There you go. So you can't get away from me. She's still <laughs> studying. Yeah, she is. She's actually in her last semester. Uh, she's studying um, systematic theology. So oh, she'll great. be uh, go. And what would she graduate. like to do when she's finished? She would love to be a Bible professor. Oh wow! She um, has a natural gift of teaching and uh, just reading the audience well and relating with them. And uh, it's been a blessing to see her grow. That's so. great. I love seeing her follow the Lord in all ways. So, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I do see myself in the ministry. Okay. Uh, I do see that in one way, shape, or the other. Uh, however, I, I do have a, a desire to go into biblical counseling oh, wow. uh, as well. And so, I don't know. Maybe if it's just, you know, the Lord saying, I, I want you to be a resource in the church but I'll always be involved in some sort of ministry yeah. or whether that may be in full-time ministry and just having the equipments and tools of uh, counseling. I think that is, that'll be very beneficial yeah. and uh, just been doing like generational studies and with Gen Z coming up, it's some wild stuff that you're finding out. And I'm like, I want to get prepared yeah. for this and uh, I want to get, be prepared. Well, well, I'm thankful that uh, harvest gets to be a part of your story. I, I hope it's a long time, but you know, we all have different stages in our lives that we look back and think that place was added to my my future and all these different places. And I'm thankful that you're here so that Harvest can be a part of that and see you do well. People love you, Monet. Oh, they well, do. They tell me that. It has been nothing but a true blessing to be here. Too. Really? So very, very happy to be here, especially with the shout-outs to the A-Fam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Aurora family. Absolutely. Love, love those folks down in Cornville. I'm kidding. Cordville. I like uh, Aurora's a great place. I actually really enjoy coming down there. It reminds me of several places I've served the Lord before. Right. So we're going to do a lightning round before we finish this. My lightning round oh. is I'm just going to shoot you several questions that have to do with whatever it is that I'm, it, it, but they will probably have nothing to do with anything. But you just have to answer a relative, just answer quickly. I don't okay. want long explanations. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Go. Who's going to win the uh, Super Bowl this year? Chiefs. That's a very okay. Not the Falcons. We know that. No, they'll they'll probably blow it again. Okay, your favorite sport? Disc golf. I live disc (laughs) golf. Yes. So, are you a disc golf guy that carries this? You got your own discs? I actually never leave home without it. Okay, so so they're in your car right now because you never know. Yeah. You never know when a frolf is gonna break out. Yep. Phone, wallet, keys, discs. That's never leave home. Without Best it. place to play get disc golf. Mm. So I, I really enjoy two places: uh, Wheeler Wheeler Park in Geneva uh, and um, Eagle Ridge in Oswego. So there's, yeah, north and south of Aurora. Great. How good are you at disc golf? Um, you know, I recently just picked it up this summer, so it was not too good, but not too bad. We should play sometime. Yeah. Totally. I would be amazing at disc golf. I think you would be. 
thinking of it would be. No, I would be making fun of uh, you the whole time for having your own discs for disc golf. But that'd be fun still. I enjoyed it. Yeah. We actually went, I went disc golfing once with uh, John Nichols and his son mm. and mm. a few other people. And I thought it was awesome. But I spent most of the time teasing them because they had backpacks full of discs. <laughs> and they were having debates about whether they wanted to use the blue or the orange one. Mm. And I was playing caddy. You, def- you definitely want the blue here. <laughs> uh, second favorite sport. Oh, man. See, I don't have too many hobbies. Okay. Do you so. play an instrument? I don't. I don't. Do you still... Your favorite movie then is actor. Favorite movie. Oh, man. I had not thought about this in the longest. Favorite musical would be Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. That that would be that would be. If you could favorite. play any part in Ooh. any play, what would it be? Ooh. You know, honestly, I would play the Phantom. Oh, I would play the Phantom. That'd okay. be that'd be pretty dope. All right, Monet, it's been so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here, and spending time with us. It's so great to have you as part of our our um, staff and congregation, and all the things uh, that you you and your wife bring to the church is just really, really valuable. For the rest of you, anyways, you were going to say something. Yeah, you thank started you, to thank breathe. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. It really wasn't my choice, Monet. They, they just. Forced me into it. Darn. No, you've been fantastic. Hey, for the rest of you, uh, new season, we're excited to have you along, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Mm